Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. The crowds asked John the Baptist, What should we do? He said to them in reply, Whoever has two cloaks should share with the person who has none, and whoever has food should do likewise. Even tax collectors came to be baptized, and they said to him, Teacher, what should we do? He answered them, Stop collecting more than what is prescribed. Soldiers also asked him, And what it is that we should do? He told them, Do not practice extortion. Do not falsely accuse anyone. And be satisfied with your wages. Now the people were filled with expectation and were asking in their hearts whether John might be the Christ. John answered them by saying, I am baptizing you with water, but one mightier than I is coming. I am not worthy to loosen the thongs of his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fan is in his hand and to clear his threshing floor and to gather the wheat into the barn. But the chaff he will burn with unquenchable fire. Exhorting them in many other ways, he preached good news to the people. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Now, the first thing typically that engaged couples do after they get engaged is they go to the church. And the reason why is so that they can uh, secure a date and a time. And then once they get the church and the date and the time, then they can rent a reception hall, they can send out the invitations. But that's not how it was done in the ancient world when, when you got engaged, the time of Christ. Now, this is how it would work. The future groom would go immediately to his father and say, Dad, I'm getting married. And dad said, okay, fine. I got to add another room to the house. And so that's, that's what they did. All the kids, uh, when they got married, they went to the father's, uh, the groom's house and they lived there. And so the son would every once in a while check in on the progress and say, is the room ready? Can I get married now? And he says, no, I got I to finish tiling the bathroom. So when finally the room was done, the father would go to the, the groom and say, son, the, the room is ready. You can get married now. So what the groom would do is then he would get all of his friends and his relatives and they would form a marching band. They would get the loudest instruments they could find, cymbals and and drums and trumpets and bugles and and tubas, and they would march into the village of of the bride. And all the people in the village would hear the music coming in and all the engaged girls in the village would say, I wonder if it's my guy that's coming to me because they don't have any dates either. So the groom would go to the bride and then bring the bride back to the father's house with the marching band following, and everybody in the village has been alerted, so they're going to go to the party and follow the band. There's no invitations sent. There's no addresses. There's no location. All the communication is done by music, by song. (laughs) Now, that's not the only way that the ancients uh, communicated to other nations and other people. It would be, they would be in the, the, the people would be in the temple at Mount Sinai in Jerusalem, 
And there were all the people, the Jewish people would gather on these big feast days and they would sing. And the sound would go out, go out to all of the, the other zip codes and other nations and the nations would hear the music and they would be drawn, they would be drawn to the singing, to draw, drawn to the joy. And because they would want to find out what's going on over there. And so they'd go and they would say to the Israelites, why are you guys so happy? And the Israelites say, well, because of God. God gives us everything. God gives us security. We, we don't even need walls around our cities. That's how strong and mighty God is. And God gives us a lot of good things. He gives us the water and he gives us the rain and he gives us the sun. We have, the, we have great, uh, we have great uh, growth. We have a lot of great food and cattle and we, our economy grows, and we get, God gives us so many things in abundance that, that, that we don't know what to do with it all, and we share it with, with others that don't have it. So there's nobody poor. There's no poor people among us. And so the, all the people in the, other, in the other nation says, well, we want to be a part of that too. He <laughs> said, that's our job. That's our job is to tell the world how great God is. And that's how we're going to draw the nations. And it's all done by communication through joy, through singing. Now, the reason I bring all this up is because in the first reading we have uh, the, the, the prophet is named Zephaniah. Now, Zephaniah wrote a long time ago when, uh, during the reign of Josiah, the king. Now, why do you need to know that? Well, the reason why is because Josiah was only eight years old when his father died and he became the king. So Zephaniah wrote to the people to instruct them because an eight-year-old isn't going to do it. And so Zephaniah had three sets of poems. Now, in the first reading, we read the third set, we read the th- th- a poem in the third set, of, which is the most beautiful. And in this poem, if you heard, it, that it says that all the nations are going to be gathered to Mount Sinai, Zion in, in Jerusalem, because of the singing, because of the music. But we're not doing the singing. People aren't singing. God's doing the singing. You know, every time I read that, I think to myself, gee, I wonder if God has a tenor, or if he's a baritone, or maybe he's a choir, because he is God. I'm not sure, but I know this, that it's going to be beautiful. It's going to be as beautiful as as God's sunsets. It's going to be as as brilliant as, as the... As his mountain ranges after a snowstorm, it's going to be magnificent as the stars in the sky at night. And whatever you're doing, no matter what you're doing, when God sings, you're going to stop and listen. You're going to stop and listen, and you're going to ask yourself, why is God so happy? And you'll get the answer if you listen carefully to his voice. He'll tell you why he's happy.